Welcome into the Most Accurate Podcast. My name is Anthony Stalter, joined as always by 444.com's John Paulson, and his, his rankings are up for week three, and no better time to jump into all the injury news and fantasy-related stuff uh, that we have. And John, I, I didn't think that we were going to be able to do this podcast. My anniversary is on Friday, but we decided to record on Thursday. Good, uh, Glad to have you on the podcast, and glad we can knock this out and, and keep the, uh, the podcast rolling. Yeah, it's a rare Thursday edition of the Most Accurate Podcast, so glad to be here. Let's knock it out. Tell us about the music that brought us in, then we'll dive into League Sync. Yeah, this is a guy from uh, Oklahoma, uh, Broken Arrow, I think, Oklahoma. His name is J.D. McPherson. Uh, the name of the song is Lucky Penny. It's off his 2017 album, Undivided Heart and Soul. Uh, you will definitely get a strong Black Keys vibe on this one. It sounds a lot like uh, their, their newer music. Um, but I'll put it on the Most Accurate Podcast playlist on Spotify, which you can find a link to in any of the podcast posts on the 444.com website. Love the Black Keys. Looking forward to that jam. All right, before we dive into the latest news and injury injury updates, want to talk to you a little bit about the 444 League Sync app that's available in the App Store. It's free for existing Pro and DFS subscribers and Classic subscribers can use the app to optimize their lineups at no cost. For Pro and DFS, DFS subscribe, subscribers, they'll also be able to easily identify the players on the waiver wire that are projected to score the most points in any given week, so it saves uh, saves you a lot of time since you won't have to scour the waiver wire trying to find a spot to start. It basically does a lot of the heavy lifting for you. If you'd like to try out that functionality, you can get a free seven-day trial through the app. It works with ESPN, Yahoo, CBS, and My Fantasy League. If you aren't a 4 for 4 subscriber and you buy a pro subscription through the app, you'll get full access to the 4 for 4 website as well. Uh, an Android version is also coming soon. We haven't forgot about you Android users out there, but it, it is coming soon. All right, last time we spoke, John, Josh Gordon, we were discussing what would be a great spot for him to land. We discussed the Cowboys. We discussed the 49ers. To my recollection, I don't, I don't think we mentioned the Patriots, did we? No, and they, the, the Browns said that they wanted to keep, or the report was out of Cleveland that they wanted to keep him out of the AFC. So what do they do? Trade him to the AFC, of course. <laughs> Trade him to the, the team that keeps going to the Super Bowl right. that needs a receiver, right? So he's in uh, New England now. I th- There is a path for him to turn in a, a great season, you know, once he gets up to speed. I, I'm a little bit skeptical due to, uh, you know, the, 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 the receivers that have come through New England in the past few years that haven't been able to stick, you know, Chad Ochocinco uh, is one, uh, Kenny Britt's another, uh, you know, forgettable time there in, in New England. But I think Gordon is certainly the most talented of the bunch. Uh, he's in his prime still. Uh, the question is, how quickly can he get up to speed in the offense? Um, how quickly can he earn uh, Tom Brady's trust, uh, quarterback wide receiver relationship there? Uh, and then the the third thing is going to be targets. Uh, once Julian Edelman comes back, which will be pretty soon, uh, you know you got him. You got James White eating up some targets out of the backfield. Rob Gronkowski, obviously, uh, Chris Hogan, and now you're adding Josh Hor- uh, Gordon to the mix. You know, one wonders if he's going to see enough volume um, to to uh, post really good fantasy numbers. You know, are they going to treat him like a Randy Moss type, or is it going to be more of a third or fourth option in this offense? I think it's probably more likely that he's the third or fourth option, but we'll see. 
uh, as he gets healthy and uh, starts to play. I don't think he's going to do much this week at all. Uh, he's got the hamstring injury, and uh, it's his first week in uh, in New England. And uh, you know, I, I doubt he's even going to be active. But if he is active, I don't think he's going to be too involved this week. Yeah, unless you're Randy Moss, a lot of the times the wide receivers that are that 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 are most successful in New England are the ones that can get on the same page of Tom, with Tom Brady. We we saw this with Julian Edelman, of course. They they run so many choice routes in in that offense where the wide receiver comes comes out of his break, looks at looks at the the, the defense. Well, actually, does it pre-snap? Looks at the defense, how they're going to play him, and Tom Brady has has to be on the same page as. Uh, his wide receivers because they have a choice of which way to go, and if you're not on the same page with Brady, you'll you'll certainly get left in the in, in the um, in the dust fairly quickly. Let's talk about Aaron Jones. He's back. Coach Mike McCarthy said that Jones will play behind both Jamal Williams and Ty Montgomery in his return from suspension this week against the Redskins. Aaron Jones, very talented back, but it looks like he's going to be buried on the depth chart a little bit, John. Yeah, I don't think that. Too many people were expecting Jones to immediately be inserted as a starter for the Packers. Um, Jamal Williams is averaging 3.4 yards per carry, but you know that's against the Bears and the Vikings. These are two really good defenses, um, two of the best in the league, really. And I don't think we were expecting Williams to be averaging 4.55 yards per carry uh, in those matchups. He's doing what we sort of expected him to do: uh, pass block, you know, grind out some carries grind out some yardage in the running game. Uh, he does particularly well when they sort of surprise surprise the defense with the running play <laughs> uh, as opposed to trying to run down somebody's throat when they know they're going to run. Right. Uh, he's a pass blocker. I, I was expecting at least one big play from him in, as a receiver. He has not produced that yet. Uh, Ty Montgomery is actually running a little bit better. His yards per carry is over five right now, and I think he has three catches for 30 yards. Uh, so he's contributing as well. This is turning into a a pretty uh commi- a pretty you know wide committee here with these with these two and then now you're adding Jones in. Jones is the best runner of the three, uh but I don't think that uh, Mike McCarthy is going to to hand him the keys when you have a fairly immobile uh Aaron Rodgers back there uh, to pass protect. As expected Carson Wentz will be activated this week against the Colts. Here's the problem, John. I mean, you've got a quarterback that hasn't played in a while. He's likely to have to knock off the rust, but he's got such a great matchup against an Indianapolis defense that played fairly well last week against Washington. But as we saw in week one against Cincinnati, they're they're susceptible to giving up points. What do you do with Carson Wentz? Well, I think he'll – I don't know if he'll pick up exactly where he left off last year. I mean, he had um, 33 touchdowns in 13 games. I don't know that that rate's gonna to is gonna continue a touchdown percentage of seven point five percent, which led the league. Uh, so you can't expect him to pick up there, but he should, from a passing standpoint, he should be productive. You know, I worry about his ability to run the ball. He always, uh, at least last year, he was able to to uh, add some points in the running game. He averaged uh, twenty three yards per game in thirteen games, uh, two hundred ninety nine yards rushing. I would expect that number to be cut in half I, I, back to maybe where he was as a rookie at 9.4, uh, maybe 10 yards rushing uh, per game uh, just because of the knee issue and him trying to protect that. Maybe he doesn't trust it as much as a runner, but um, I'm sure the Eagles are really happy to get him back. And Nick Foles was not uh, stepping in and being the answer to that. So I think they, uh, I don't know if they accelerated their return of Wentz or they just, uh, you know, made sure he was ready to go uh 
in week three and uh, pick up where he left off. Uh, I don't, I wouldn't expect him to post top top two, top three numbers. I have him at fourteen this week. Uh, the rust needs to get knocked off, but I think eventually he'll be in a top ten uh, on a weekly basis. Here's some more injury news. We got an update on Joe Mixon. He's expected to miss two to four weeks with that knee injury. Adam Schefter initially reported it will be a two week time frame on Friday, but. Looks like he's going to miss potentially up to a month. John Gio Bernard was banged up a little bit, but he's practicing in full on Thursday. Do you like Gio Bernard's chances of being at least an RB2 this weekend when the Bengals travel to Carolina? Yeah, I have him as an RB1 sort of pending his knee injury. I have him at 8, I think, in standard. I mentioned this stat on the Monday podcast, but 46 games with at least 12 touches. Bernard has averaged 16.4 fantasy points in PPR formats on 16.6 touches per game. It's 88 total yards, 5.2 catches, 0.39 touchdowns. And the Panthers are decent defense, but they're not uh, super formidable. And uh, just looking at this backfield, I think he's going to be the, the, the clear RB one, you know, handling most of the work. And he's had some big workload games in the past. Leonard Fournette is expected to practice today, which is Thursday. He's got that hamstring injury that kept him out last week against the Patriots. Do you start him if he? I mean, if he practices on Thursday, um, any any concern that the hamstring injury could could limit his touches at all, or, or is is he got a, is, is he a must start against Tennessee? Yeah, I mean, normally you'd rank rank him in the top ten or top twelve due to if he's healthy. I think with the hamstring injury, he's probably going to be ranked in the teens. Uh, T.J. Yeldon is also dealing with an injury. I think he has an ankle injury. Uh, Corey Grant's the next guy up there. Uh, but it looks like Fordant's going to play, and I think uh, he's a pretty good start uh, as an RB2 type, uh, especially with the Yeldon kind of dinged up himself. So another hamstring injury to another running back. Dalvin Cook suffered the hamstring injury last week in that tie with the Green Bay Packers. He did not practice on Wednesday. Obviously, we don't have a full practice load here with us recording the podcast on Thursday. How do you proceed with Dalvin Cook as the Vikings have that great matchup against Buffalo this Sunday? Yeah, this is kind of an interesting situation. I look at it from both Cook's standpoint and from uh, owners of uh, Latavius Murray. I think you could start Murray this week and probably get pretty good production out of him. I mean, the the Vikings are probably going to blow the Bills out of the water. Now, Cook could, if he starts, he could produce in that first half, and then they could shut him down. And there's no reason to be running him in the second half if they're up um, 20. 25 points or something uh and there's really even if, if he's iffy there's really no reason to even uh necessarily start him or have him active uh this week they can win this game without dalvin cook so i think murray ends up being a, a sneaky start i got him listed in my sneaky starts article um just from a standpoint of you know a lot of second half work if you look at what the bills gave up to backup running backs in the first two weeks kenneth dixon and javarius allen Buck Allen combined for 22 touches for 76 yards and two touchdowns in week one. Austin Eckler had 14 touches for 98 yards last week uh, as they were kind of limiting. They weren't really limiting Melvin Gordon, but he was really involved in that game uh, that the Chargers won. So I think Latavius Murray could really step in and have a nice game and surprise a lot of people. Uh, Cook, if he starts, I think you have to start him because he could have a big first half, um, but you might have a better option on the bench. Jay Ajayi owners might be in a bind this week. He didn't practice on Wednesday. He's dealing with a back injury. Darren Sproles didn't practice either. Uh, Corey Clement, Wendell Smallwood, and Josh Adams, who was promoted to the uh, roster this week off the practice squad, they're, they're all the Eagles running backs. What do you do with Jay Ajayi right now in that matchup against the Colts? 
Well, if he's active, I think you could start him. I think the, there's a pretty good chance that he's not active, and if he's not, uh, Corey Clement is a nice start. Uh, I think he'll split time with Wendell Smallwood somewhat in terms of the in terms of the uh, carries. Uh, maybe a 60-40 carry split there. But uh, Clement can catch the ball. He had five catches for 55 yards as a receiver last week. Uh, if you look at what the Colts did against Washington, um, Chris Thompson, had, I think, had 13 catches. Uh, Adrian Peterson had another three uh, three catches. It was 16 for 122 to the uh, Washington running back. So uh, Clement could really make some uh, noise in the passing game. So I think he's a sneaky start if Ajayi's out. No surprise, Devontae Freeman didn't practice on Wednesday. He's fully expected to miss another one to two games. That leaves Tevin Coleman as the lead back again against the Saints. Didn't score a touchdown last week against Carolina, but was the focal point in the running game. Showed some good burst, good balance, all that. I saw that you have Tevin Coleman in, in your top five this week, at least in PPR in, in PPR rankings. Yeah, I think he's the primary guy there. Ito Smith was involved a little bit more than maybe I thought uh, heading into that game, but... Uh... Coleman is the lead back in that backfield, and it gets a nice matchup against the Saints. Marlon Mack is dealing with both foot and hamstring injuries. He didn't practice on Wednesday. If he can't go against the Eagles, do you trust either Jordan Wilkins or rookie Naheem Hines? I'd have to be pretty desperate to <laughs> to run Wilkins. But, I mean, sometimes you just need some touches, right? So, right. Um, you know, Wilkins, if, if Mack is out, I think Wilkins could see up to 15, maybe 15 to 18 touches in that game. They may split it with Hines and Wilkins, uh, but that that Mac injury is something to monitor because you, at least you can get some work out of him and maybe you get 40, 50, 60 yards and a touchdown out of out of Wilkins. So LaShawn McCoy, who's dealing with rib injuries, he was limited in practice on Wednesday. Mike Rodak actually just tweeted this uh, not too long ago, John, that he's practicing in a non-contact jersey today on Thursday. So it looks like LaShawn McCoy is trending towards playing Sunday in Minnesota. Yeah, this is a pretty terrible matchup against the the Vikings. I, I don't want to start McCoy uh, unless I have to. And certainly if he's injured and, and sits out, then I don't want to start any of the backups there. Larry Fitzgerald will play in Week 3, according to Coach Steve Wilkes. He didn't practice on Wednesday. Might not get many more reps during the week as the Cardinals save him. Do you trust him to be at least a wide receiver 3 as the Cardinals gear up to face the Bears? Yeah, this is this is Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, you, you have to start him if he's active. I mean, he's going to see the vast majority of the targets and for the for the Cardinals. Um, Bryce Callahan has actually played pretty well in the slot for the Bears this year, uh, but it's fits. So especially PPR formats, I think you get to have him out there. This offense though looks really scary. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't expect too many hundred yard days for him or that many touchdowns. They just can't move the ball. Uh, like they used to. And as you mentioned, uh, Sam Bradford was seen yawning on the sideline. Oh, uh, you so. know what, John? I actually, I actually have to, I have to correct myself. I, I appreciate uh, the, the Twitter user R6, I think it's Danino. He tweeted me a GIF. It was Rosen that was seen yawning oh. on the side. Yeah. So I, I apologize. I said that on the, the podcast on Monday. Either way, you've got a quarterback for the Arizona Cardinals yawning on the sidelines. It's not good. But it was actually Josh Rosen. So I appreciate that Twitter user not only listening to the pod, uh, but but correcting correcting it as well. All right. Well, you, you heard it here. Anthony Stalter is telling you to start Sam Bradford this week against the Bears. 
I am not. I am definitely not. Uh, one more injury news to get to. We got T.Y. Uh, T. Hilton. He said that the quad injury, which kept him out of practice yesterday, is nothing to worry about. He went on Good, good Morning Football on NFL Network and said, I, I should be fine. I'm feeling good. Do you trust that the, the player is telling you, hey, I'm fine? And obviously he's, he's a must start if he's healthy. Yeah, he's a good. He's a good. He's good to go. And uh, the Eagles uh, defensive backs have not uh, done very well against uh, receivers this year. So I think uh, Hilton's a good start. All right, let's move on to some sneaky starts this week. You've got one quarterback, a couple of running backs, a wide receiver, and a tight end. Let's start off with your QB. Who do you like? Uh, I like Jared Goff. He's. I noticed he's kind of down in the rankings this week uh, across the industry, and I think he is a nice start against against the Chargers this week. Um, he's, I mean, last year it was tough to throw on the Chargers, but this year it's kind of a different story. Uh, I can't really wait until after week three when we can debut our uh, adjusted fantasy points allowed uh, for the 2018 season. Right now we're kind of working off of 2017 numbers because we don't have enough data to work, for, uh, work off of for this year. Um, but I wouldn't be worried about his matchup in terms of the, the red number four ranking uh, this week. Uh, the Chargers are missing Joey Bosa. Uh, they've given up 465 passing yards and five touchdowns to uh, Patrick Mahomes and uh, Josh Allen uh, so far. So uh, that's in two weeks. Goff has been pretty productive lately at 233 yards and two touchdowns against Oakland, uh, 354 yards and a touchdown against the Cardinals. And Phillip Rivers is good enough to get some points, uh, put some points up on the Rams. So this could be a, a higher scoring game, and that would uh, play into to Goff having a higher scoring game fantasy-wise. You have two running backs listed in your sneaky starts. One of them goes tonight. Can I can I take a guess here with Isaiah Crowell, old old team theorem? Hashtag old team theorem. Nice. Uh, his first time back in Cleveland. Uh, this is purely anecdotal, but it just seems to me like <laughs> players get fired up to play against their old team, stick it to their old team. I, I used to get really fired up to play my old team, even in uh, Sunday rec league basketball. Uh, so... I think Crowell will be extra motivated, and I think sometimes depends on the coach, but coaches seem to give uh, players extra opportunities to find the end zone. So I would not be surprised at all if Crowell scores a touchdown tonight. And then who's your other running back that you like? Uh, Theo Riddick is back in the in the fold as, as a receiver. He averaged 5.3 receptions per game in 2016, and then last year that number dipped to 3.3 per game. So that made him basically a non-factor in any format. Uh, you know, whereas he was kind of an RB2 in PPR formats with a 5.3 receptions per game in 2016. Uh, so far in two games in 2018, he's averaging seven catches per game. So he's back as that dump-off option. I think, you know, Eric Ebron uh, leaving, you know, opened up some targets for Riddick. Uh, but he's back in the fold. And I think against the Patriots, a game that they're expected to trail, uh, Riddick could see a lot of dump-off passes along with Golden Tate. All right, you got one wide receiver, one tight end, and then we'll preview the Thursday night game. Who's your wide receiver that you like, sneaky starts wise, week three? You know, this is looks like it might be a bad matchup if you if you t- on the surface if you look at John Brown versus versus Denver. Uh, he's been super productive um, with the with the with the Ravens. He had four for ninety two and a touchdown on ten targets against the Bengals on Thursday night. He had three for forty four on a uh, touchdown on four targets in week one against the Bills. Uh, I think he's. He's, he's surpassed Michael Crabtree as a top fantasy receiver in Baltimore. And this is a pretty good matchup against Bradley Roby. He's, he's going to line up against Bradley Roby, and that, that's not bad at all. Uh, I know Denver's cornerbacks are 
uh, pretty scary, but this is a pretty good matchup for him, and uh, I think he's going to produce. And then, last but not least, your tight end, and he actually goes tonight as well. Yep, seven targets in each of the last two games for David Njoku. He hasn't done anything with them, but he's such a good athlete that I think eventually he's going to break one. Uh, the Jets ha- haven't really had to de- uh, defend the tight end position yet this year. The, the Lions or the Dolphins, neither one of them really have a good fantasy tight end. So if, if Njoku gets at six to seven targets again tonight, I think he's going to have uh, a bigger game. And then Thursday night football tonight, you've got the Browns and the Jets. The Browns will look to try to snap that winless streak that they have going since December in 2016. Quick plug for my betting pick tonight. I do have one. It was uh, I just published it. or I'm sorry, I just, just sent it into the system to have it edited. It should be published within the next couple of hours or so. So I do like one of the sides in tonight's game. The Browns are a three-point favorite. What are some of your, your fantasy questions that you have on both sides, Jets-Browns? Well, heading into the season, I was uh, I was big on Robbie Anderson. He just hasn't been as involved as I would like uh, for the first two games. He had a touchdown against the Lions, and then last week wasn't all that involved, and I'd like to see uh, them get him going. They were talking about big time in the offseason about how he was going to take the next step, but they're just not utilizing him in the offense. Uh, on the Brown side of the ball, I want to see David Njoku get going, and I'm interested to see uh, Antonio Callaway if his – Role increases from the four targets that he saw last week. He had the touch, I think, three for something and a touchdown, three for 81 and a touchdown against the Saints. Uh, do they get him going? It's a tough matchup against those uh, outside corners for the Jets, but um, with, with Josh Gordon gone, uh, Callaway stepping into a, a bigger role there. It's more of a run oriented offense, but I still think there's enough there that he could be a fantasy starter if he starts to produce on a, on a week to week basis. And before Zane Gonzalez missed the extra point to leave the game tied, that would have been your highlight had the Browns um, held on to beat the Saints. That was a fourth down play when Tyrod Taylor threw the the long touchdown pass to get to Callaway, who got got behind the Saints defense. And in that in that moment, I mean, that's the only thing that New Orleans has to do is not get burned deep. And Callaway got behind him. He's he's a really talented player that had issues at Florida. He had issues in preseason with the Browns. If Imagine that, a Browns wide receiver with, with some off-field concerns, right? <laughs> um, but Callaway's a, a really intriguing player, so I'll be looking forward to, to watching that as well. All right, that'll do it for John Paulson. I'm Anthony Stalter. Be sure to use the code TMAP, the most accurate podcast, TMAP, for 10% off of any 444 subscription. Until Monday when we speak to you again, good luck this week in all your fantasy games. And, uh, again, we'll see you next Monday on the most accurate podcast. A dollar to lend Deep in the red Between the white lines It's a long road ahead And a long one behind Bad.